This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Um, if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, I will uh, give you a, a thank you again uh, for your continued support of Redeemer Baptist Church. Um, as a, as a mission, as a, as a church plant, um, I, I have some good news to report. Um, I, I don't remember the last date that I was here. I was looking at uh, um, when, uh, when I posted a sermon last that I was here, and it was about three months ago. So some things have transpired at our church in the last three months. Um, we started having a few new people come, and uh, um, we had our... Members meeting last Monday, and uh, we have two new members uh, that have joined. So um, that's that, you know it's it's been hard ground. Uh, it's been um, um, it's been anything but easy. Uh, but but uh, through patience and um, uh, just just waiting on the Lord, um, uh, we're starting to see a little bit of fruit. So uh, we, I just want to thank you for not giving up on us uh, as, as we continue to try to reach uh, Panama for Jesus. So, all right, 1 Peter chapter 1. We are very privileged, you know. Um, through the summer, there was a lot of talk about privilege, wasn't there? And I don't want to bring up uh, a lot of, of, uh, of that discussion, but if you really think about it, we are very privileged. We live in the United States of America. You know, that, there's a privilege there. We live um, in, a, in a place that, uh, in spite of where we, we, we have our, our flaws, we have our, uh, our disagreements and, and divisions in our country, we live in a place that's, that's uh, prosperous. Uh, we live in a, in a place where, you know, we get to carry around a computer in our pocket that is, uh, you know, more powerful than what NASA used to send people to the moon. You know, I mean, we, we're very privileged uh, but we have one privilege that our text talks about today that is greater than any of those. We live on this side of the cross. Amen? We live on this side of the cross. That is a great privilege that we have. Uh, now, as I was uh, preparing to come today, um, I had to go back and look at my uh, sermons that I had recorded uh, to make sure I didn't uh, preach one that I'd already preached before. So if I... If I if, if for some reason I overlook something and, and I start to preach the same sermon that I preached last time, stop me. <laughs> stop me if you've heard this one. So, <laughs> all right. I'm serious. <laughs> but, uh, privilege of revelation sound, sound familiar? Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we, uh, we are a, a very privileged people because we live in, on this side of the cross. And uh, we're going to go ahead and look at our text First uh, Peter chapter one, beginning in verse ten. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be revealed—I uh, mean, sorry—the grace that was to be yours—searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who've preached the good news to you 
by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that uh, you have, have given us this great privilege of revelation. Lord, that you have spoken to us by your very word. Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to live among sinful human beings and to die in our place. And Father, we thank you for the great privilege of living on this side of the cross, Lord, that we uh, can be indwelt by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we uh, can, can see the big picture in a way that the prophets only dreamed of. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, Lord, that you have called us to be your people. And Father, help us, Lord, to, uh, to recognize, uh, Lord, to not get tired of the fact, Lord, that you have saved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is the third sermon that I preach in the, in the book of 1 Peter. The first time I was here, I got through my introduction. And remember, uh, I, I asked how, how long Pastor David used to preach. And uh, I'd already preached that long, and I still had to go. So <laughs> I had to keep going. Uh, and then uh, I think last time was a little bit shorter. This time, uh, I, I think, uh, might be more in line with what, what you might have been used to. So... Um, but to remind you of what we've been through so far, I'm going to go ahead and look at the first verse, verse, first few words here. Concerning this salvation. Concerning this salvation. Now what salvation is that he's talking about? The salvation that he's already been describing in verses 1 through 9. So, good time to review. Remember, we have, we have been saved by all three persons of the Trinity. All three persons of the Trinity were involved in our salvation. Uh, the, the Father planned our salvation. God chose us. Amen? He chose us. Uh, uh, that, that shouldn't inspire any kind of a fear or dread, uh, but, but it ought to be comforting to know us, for us to know, man, God chose me. And then um, uh, the Spirit has applied salvation to us. He has he uh, 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 sanctified us. He has pulled us out of darkness and into the light. He, is, he has done all of these things. The Spirit has caused us to be... He, he's opened up our eyes. And, and uh, we have been saved for Jesus Christ, right? We've, we've been saved for Jesus. We have, we, and and, and we, it has all been accomplished by the blood of Jesus, right? It's all been a couple. So all three persons of, are, of the Trinity are involved in our salvation, and so we ought to praise God for that. We ought to praise God, and and then uh, we we also looked at how blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ was the point of that next part, because He has done all these great things. Right? He has caused us to be born again. Amen. We ought to praise God because He's caused us to be born again. That's a part of this salvation that He's talking about in the text we're looking at today. So, praise God He's caused us to be born again. Amen. Praise God that He has, has given us an inheritance to look forward to that is imperishable, incorruptible. It is, it is perfect. It will never let us down. He has that inheritance that we look forward to. is we're, we're looking forward to a day whenever He will come again and, and everything will be set right. 
praise Him for that. We, we praise God because He holds us. He keeps us. When we don't feel like we can keep going any longer, He has us in His hands. We praise Him for that. And we praise Him even in the midst of suffering. Right? Uh, the last time I was with you, we talked about that. How we praise Him even in the midst of His suffering, of suffering because we know that through various trials, our faith is tested. And we know that we're genuine. Right? We're, we praise Him for all those reasons. And here's another reason we can praise Him today. We can praise Him. We can praise. We can bless His name because we have the great privilege of revelation. So, concerning this salvation, the one that He's been talking about all along, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be revealed searched and inquired carefully. So, basically, I think what this is telling us is the Old Testament... The Old Testament is about Jesus. That's what Peter's telling us here. It's this salvation. It's this plan of salvation that God planned, that the Spirit applies to us, that, that, uh, the, the, that Jesus accomplished on the cross. All of that was written about in the Old Testament by the prophets. And it's not just the prophets like that we think of like Isaiah and Jeremiah and those prophets, but it's all of the Old Testament. You know, Jesus on the road to Emmaus, he he talked to uh, um, I can't remember the name of the I can't remember the name of the person that he talked to, even if if the scripture says. But in Luke twenty four, Jesus was on the road to Emmaus and he talked with a couple of disciples and he was pointing out how uh, what what the scriptures taught about him in the law and the prophets and the writings, right? The law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Okay? The three divisions of the Old Testament. And we can think about the, 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 the salvation that was to be revealed uh, is talked about in the law, right? In, 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 uh, in the uh, uh, first five books of the Bible. From the very beginning, chapter 3, when you got the, the promise, right after the fall, we got the promise that there would one day be a seed of the woman, a descendant of Eve, who would come and crush the serpent's head, right? That very promise in the very beginning of the Bible that there, there would be a Messiah that was going to come, a human being, a descendant of Eve, who would come and kill the serpent, that would crush the serpent's head. So we have... The very beginning of the Bible pointing towards Jesus. We have all throughout the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, it's pointing towards Jesus to where, you know, at the, at the um, uh, you've got uh, a promise that it's going to, you know, there's going to be a, a, pro, uh, a descendant of Abram that would bless all nations. A descendant of Abraham that would bless all nations. We know that it's going to be someone from the line of Judah. The, the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. All of those things we see there in Genesis. And, and we, we know that there's going to be someone who's going to be a prophet like Moses. Well, the, the first five books of the Bible, that's law, right? Well, Moses was considered a prophet. So he's one of these prophets that Peter's talking about here. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace to was, that was to come. The first five books, that's about Jesus. It's about the, the God's plan of salvation that, that He was working throughout a people in order to bring about the Messiah who was going to come and die for us. And that's something we ought to praise Him for. We've got the prophets, the ones we actually think about, like Isaiah, and Jeremiah, 
and Ezekiel and Micah. You got Micah talking about someone who was going to be born in Bethlehem. We got Isaiah. The, the, oh man, we, we, we've got so much in Isaiah. We've got the prophecy, prophecy of his birth. That, that one day there would be a virgin, a, a, a virgin that would be with child and, and she would give birth to a child and she would give birth to one who would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And we've got uh, the promise of, of someone who was going to come and who would die upon the cross and who would, uh, well, well he, by his stripes we would be healed. The iniquity of us all was laid on him. The prophets were about Jesus. And we don't often think of this as a prophet, but uh, in, in Samuel, and, uh, there was the promise to David that he would one day have a son that would sit on his throne that would last forever. Again, these, this prophetic literature that's, that's about Jesus. It's one big story. You know, the, the Bible's one big story. And then we have even the, the, the writings. We have the, the, the Psalms. We have... Um, Messianic Psalms, things like Psalm 2 and Psalm 22. Psalm 22 says, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Those words that Jesus said upon the cross. The Old Testament writers were prophets who were writing about Jesus. Um, Here it says, The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours... Okay, the Old Testament was writing about something that was going to be for us, right? They weren't just writing about things that were for their time, but they were writing about the grace that was to be ours. We're so privileged. Um, They were writing about the grace that was to be ours, and they searched and inquired carefully. Think about that. What, what does this mean that they were searching and inquiring carefully? There's two ideas I think that can be. One, they had this hope that there will one day be a Messiah and they prayed and they, and they longed for God to reveal to them more about who this Messiah would be, even though they never really got to see it in their day. And then also, I, I think they had, uh, many of the later writers had these Earlier writings to, to meditate on. You know, the later writers had things like Genesis chapter 3 to meditate on and think, I wonder what this seed of the woman's going to be like. And so the, these later prophets, they meditated on what the scripture had already revealed and, and they searched and they inquired carefully, wanting to know about what was going to happen. Inquiring about what person or time the Spirit of Christ was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. They were wondering about what time this would happen, what the person would be like. When, is he, when are these things going to happen? And, you know, uh, they were longing. They knew there was going to be a Messiah that would come. And they longed for that. And we think about that at Christmas time when we sing things like... Um, uh, o come, O come, Emmanuel, right? O come, O come, Emmanuel. And we think often uh, that was the prayer of the Old Testament people. O come, well, we long for Him to come. And yet throughout the Old Testament, that was an unfulfilled desire until Jesus came. Until He came. And we live in the day when we can see that He's come. 
They talked and they pre- predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. I've already kind of referenced the sufferings of Christ here. Uh, we've got David as, as, he, as he writes um, Psalm 22 saying, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? This is talking about the sufferings. We can see that clearly. We can see Isaiah 53 also. By His stripes were healed. The iniquity of us all was laid on Him. They were predicting the sufferings of Christ. And they were also predicting the glories that were to come. Um, um, We think of uh, Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to point here. Jesus often referred to Himself. He, He said He was the Son of Man. Whenever he talked about himself in the, in, the, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he often talked about himself as the Son of Man. The Son of Man came to do this, you know. And where does he get that language, the Son of Man? But from Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel chapter 7, you have this image of, of uh, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds, and, and he was brought before the Ancient of Days, and the Ancient of Days gave the Son of Man a kingdom that would last forever. Okay? So the Old Testament prophets, they didn't just write about the sufferings of Jesus to come, but they also prophesied about the glories that were to come. And it also tells us that it was the Spirit of Christ in them that was indicating that these things were going to happen. Who was it that inspired these Old Testament prophets? It was, according to Peter here, the Spirit of Christ. The the Word of God, the, the Old Testament, was inspired by, of course, the Holy Spirit. But here it tells us the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ. Now, you know, maybe sometimes we've, we've heard people say, well, I don't know so much about the Old Testament. Give me the New Testament. Or maybe even, I don't even know about what Paul said. Give me what Jesus said, right? And, and, and I think it's wrong that we, we kind of divide those things up. For one, God, God is, 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 Jesus is God, for one, and God inspired all of the writers, whether they're Old Testament or New Testament, whether it's Peter or Paul, it's all inspired of God. And here it tells us it's the Spirit of Christ. So if you want to, if you want to just have a red-letter Bible, <laughs> turn all the red letters red, right? Because it was the Spirit of Christ that indicated even the Old Testament things that were going to happen. It's all what Jesus wants us to know. It's all word from Jesus. So it was the Spirit of Christ that was indicating these things that were about to happen. And it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news. So the prophets, it was even revealed to them that these things are not just for their day, but therefore a later time. And we can think of Daniel. Daniel, you know, he had some of these visions that were so difficult to understand. You can be a Berean. Check this out for yourself. I'm not going to fl- uh, flip all over the place. But it's in the latter half of the book of Daniel. He's, he's um, uh, having these visions. They're so hard to understand. And, and, and he asks God, when will these things be? And, and uh, God tells Daniel... Write these things down and seal them for they're, they're for later times. They're not for what you're going to see. 
Daniel, he, he, he was told, he was even re- it was revealed to him that these things are not for his time, but for their things to come. Now, we live in this great privileged era, right? We have a great privilege because we live on the other side of the cross. All these things that the prophets longed to see, they searched and carefully inquired. But yet they never really got to see materialize. They never got to see who the seed of the woman that would crush the serpent's head would be. They never got to see Emmanuel, God with us. They never got to see who that was, when it would happen, all those things. And we now live in an era which we can say we know what the prophets never knew. We know the Son of Man came. We know the seed of the woman came and He crushed Satan's head on the cross. He crushed Satan's head when He rose from the dead on the third day and defeated death for all of us. They were, they were, it was revealed to them they were serving not themselves but you in the, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. When we think about these early preachers of the Gospel. The early preachers of... You know, what were they preaching? What was Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost? He didn't have the Gospels. He walked around with Jesus, Right? But he didn't have the gospel. What You look at Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. What was he preaching from? He was preaching from the Old Testament. Right? He was talking about how the, the son of David had finally come. Just as the scriptures proclaimed it would be, it has, has happened. Uh, so the, the, what, the, what the apostles preached, they had preached from the Old Testament. Let's not neglect our Old Testament. Let's be... Full Bible Christians. There was a, I think I may have mentioned this before, there was a a heresy in the early church called Marcionism. Marcionism, they said, you know, Marcion, um, uh, one of his flaws was he was, uh, to an extent, anti-Semitic. He wanted to get all the Jewishness out of the Bible. So he just cut out the Old Testament and he even edited the Gospels um, and and a, a few of Paul's writings so that it would cut out some of its Jewishness because that's all he, he, he wanted. And there's still been uh, a, a sense of, a, of Marcionism that's kind of lasted in the church even today. That tendency just to stick with just the New Testament and, and let's forget about the rest. But oh, there's glories that we can find on the pages of Scripture, both Old and New Testaments. Then he finally says, things into which angels long to look. There's two senses here in which we have a great privilege, even not just above the Old Testament saints, we have a a privilege, a great privilege even above the angels. The angels. One, you can just imagine, as all of the Old Testament story was moving forward, and, and, and God knew what His plan was, but the angels are not omniscient. They don't know the whole story. And they were just saying, what is God going to do now? And they were watching the drama of salvation kind of work its way out. What is God going to do now? And then finally, when Jesus rose from the dead, all the angels rejoiced. 
And they were able to see. The angels, even before, before Christ, they never really got to see what God was going to do until it finally all unfolded. And we get to see. And then another sense in which this is true, Jesus didn't die for the angels. Right? Jesus didn't die for the angels. There were fallen angels. There were, you know, Satan himself, we, we understand, was, a, was an angel of light. That, that he, he uh, you know, may have been the first worship leader in heaven, right? <laughs> Until he wanted to be worshipped himself. And he fell and, and many angels with him. Jesus didn't die for the angels. He died for us. We have a great privilege. We have a great privilege. All these things are things that ought to cause us to praise Him, right? We stand in a great privilege. He has worked in all three persons of the Trinity to save us. Father's plan. The Spirit applied it to us. The Son died in our place. He has caused us to be born again. And we have a living hope that we look forward to one day. He holds us by His own hand. We can, he can give us the strength to be able to rejoice in suffering. And he, we have the great, great, great privilege of the, the Scriptures, both Old and New Testament, seeing what even angels long to look into. We have a great privilege. We ought to praise Him. Amen. We ought to praise Him. Amen.